Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Welcome to the NRL Show, Episode 8. I'm your host, Dan Frost, and as always, I'm joined by the best panel in the business. I've got Alex and Stacey here with me tonight, and uh, we don't have Pierre, uh, but she'll be back next week to talk all things rugby league. Alex, let's jump straight into it. The question I've got uh, for you off the top is, thinking about your team, what would be a position that your team should recruit for next year? I think that's such a tough one when they've already got, as we've been able to tell by the depth based on injury, um, it's kind of hard on a pick. But I think if I had to pick a, a particular spot next year for the Roosters, I'd say I think they need to bolster that prop position. Yeah, sure. With um, Isaac Liu joining the Gold Coast Titans, who I think will be a good buy. But uh, to your point, yeah, the Roosters are stacked with um, some really promising juniors. And that, that's always a great thing, isn't it? Where, um, you know, at the moment, the Roosters have no one signed for next year and they've had a, a host of players retire. Um, and, you, you know, you can just bring through your juniors to replace. That's kind of exactly where you want to be. Stacey, same question to you. If, uh, any position uh, that your team was to focus on next year, uh, what would it be? Yeah, look, I think we need to get ourselves a, a, a more explosive hooker. So I don't think that Andrew McCulloch is doing it for me right now. Um, he's great defensively, but we just we need something something more. We just... You know, he's just not as explosive and just not as creative enough as I think that we need. You know, and now that we've picked up some more, um, some more strength in the forward pack, I'm really after someone to take advantage of that and, and sort of just run, run the ball well. Yeah, I don't know how Brandon Smith would look like looking in a, in a red. Vein, I know. But, uh, we'll, uh, we'll I see. just had that thought. But, uh, you know, obviously, and then some other juniors could could also be um, targeted by the Dragons because yeah, Andrew could certainly mentor. Um, sort of the next guy coming through, but uh, no, that's a good one. Uh, look, for me at the Knights, uh, look, it's difficult to say. I, I think our edge defense is just really concerning at the moment. We've, um, I think Adam O'Brien needs to just take a good look at that um, that group because it certainly let us down uh, this year. Um, and also, I have to also plug, uh, we got to re-sign Connor Watson. Um, otherwise, I think there's going to be riots in the Hunter. So um, for Adam, I know you uh, follow the podcast, you listen to it each and every week. Please uh, do everything you can to re-sign Connor all right, guys, well, let's jump into our first segment, the breakdown, uh, and this is where we feature two key games from the round ahead, and this week we see three teams uh, that believe they can still compete for the premiership and one team that continues to fight for a top eight spot. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to plan at all. Um. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and in our first match, uh, this one could possibly go down as one of the games of the season as the Penrith Panthers take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Stacey, this, this could be an absolute blockbuster. What's your thoughts on this one? I think both these teams are on fire. Um, you know, they're both racking up the points. They're battling it out week on week. Um, you know, the Rabbitohs are just so entertaining to watch right now, you know, and, and yeah, it's going to be a big one. Alex, we, we've got a, uh, a few moves uh, with players coming in. It uh, looks like Kurt Capewell uh, will return, James Fisher-Harris, who I think the Pan- Panthers have been missing quite a lot. So they're a couple of good inclusions. But a player that I wanted to talk about who they do appear to be missing is Brian Toto. He, he does appear... Um, he won't be back for this game. He's, he's out for a bit of a longer stint, but 
it's interesting, isn't it, that uh, that a team can sort of be missing uh, a winger, but you know they're just so important in the modern game. I think that's that's a tough one when you're missing such a such a strong winger. Um, I, I don't think it's having huge impact in their game. You know they've been strong the last couple. I think with Cleary kind of back last week and with these other players coming back this week, I think they're going to be a little bit stronger. So as as Stacy has said, I think it's going to be a very interesting game against the Bunnies. Me actually, sorry, is is Paul. Mem- Paul Momorowski from this round. I, I mean, I yeah. hadn't really paid too much attention to him, um, but I really liked liked how he played this week. Yeah, he's a bit of a journeyman. He's sort of, I think he's been part of that loan system, so he's played for a couple of clubs, you know, the, the Tigers, the Storm and things like that. But, um, no, he, he certainly come in and, and done a job for Penrith. And, um, yeah, it just goes to show how important depth is at this time of year. Stacey, a player that I want to talk about is Nathan Cleary, their star playmaker. Obviously, he had a significant shoulder injury, uh, had two options, was to go under the knife and have season-ending surgery. He's decided to rehab it, and I guess the whole rugby league community, not just Penrith supporters, but we were all on the edge of our seat last week as he made his return. We were all very, very nervous as to how the shoulder would would come through. What, what were your thoughts on his comeback? Uh, he played really well. You know, He controlled the game really well. I mean, they were playing the Dragons, so, you know, anyone can play well against the Dragons. But, um, you know, the fact that he decided to rehab and he's back so soon instead of having the surgery um, is a credit because, you know, shoulder injuries, they're just painful, you know, and they're hard to get rid of. And, you know, there's no doubt that, you know, if he hasn't rehabbed it properly and he's made a a too early of a comeback, then maybe he could be potential for re-injuring that later on in the season. Who knows? But he's such a dynamic player. Um, that either way he would have gone, he still will return to be better than ever because I think he's still got such a high ceiling. Alex, whenever we see a team come up against Penrith, we you know it's just we just mark it down as a win for them because we're just so used to them winning um, over the past couple of seasons. But they're coming up against a South Sydney Rabbitohs team that have won ten in a row, and it does look like that Dane Gagai and Alex Johnson may be available as well as a couple of late additions. What's your thoughts on South Sydney's uh, run? You know, obviously Melbourne of Melbourne Storm have won 18 in a row, so they've taken a lot of the limelight. Uh, but, yeah, what's your thoughts on the Rabbitohs season so far? Uh, I think the Rabbitohs have been impressive to watch. I think to come off 10 wins that they have, and they're not they're not small wins either. <laughs> you know, they're, they're racking up the, the, the try count. They're racking up the points. You know, they've been very consistent. I think, yeah, they've just been fun to watch. And I think to be, you know... With Nathan Cleary kind of being out for the amount of weeks that he was for the Panthers and and to have the Rabbitohs look like the stronger, healthier side, I think it's going to be a, a, an interesting battle for the Panthers as far as the Bunnies go. Stacey, there's so many uh, crucial players in this particular game, but um, the fullbacks, the, the battle of the fullbacks will be interesting in this one. Um, we'll start with uh, the Rabbitohs fullback, Latrell Mitchell. He has had some sort of season. Is there nothing that this guy can't do? You know, he's just got this, his gameplay is just next level. And if you think about, you know, the game that they just played against the Titans, Latrell didn't even turn on any of his playing ability until the last 15 minutes in which he did. He was electric. You know, there was, I think he set up two tries. Maybe he just went out and monstered, you know, and, and the commentary was that, you know, he really didn't have that many running meters early in the first half. He just kind of took it easy, I guess, because they were playing the Titans. But it just goes to show that a guy can switch on and switch off and just make such an impact so quickly. And Stacey, let's talk a little bit about the opposing fullback uh, in Dylan Edwards. Probably 
doesn't quite have the profile and, and doesn't quite have the profile amongst his own teammates. You know, uh, you know Brian To'o, uh, you know, Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary, Viliami Kikau, uh, James Fisher-Harris. There are some big superstars. But he's a player who plays in such a crucial role, uh, you know, and he continues to sort of impress. Is, is Dylan Edwards one of the more underrated players in the game? He plays with a quiet confidence, you know, which I really like. And he's quite unassuming. And I guess, you know, the way that uh, the Panthers are structured, like you said, that there's some big personalities out there um, and they've all been playing together for so long that sometimes you just need the quiet ones just to go out there and do their job, um, you know, and not trying to, you know, win the game all the time, you know, trying to make the players that have those headlines stand out. So, yeah, I think he's completely underrated. He's just quiet, but he also takes his chances and he's quite patient um, with the ball, which I really like. I've been guilty of underestimating Dylan in the past. You know, I kind of looked at a young guy like Stephen Crichton, who who just appears to me to be like a, a future superstar in the centres. And I often wondered, well, you know, if you moved him to fullback, could he take the Panthers to that next level? Um, and then, you know, obviously you saw that happen. You saw Stephen get moved to fullback, and he struggled quite a lot. Um, and then Dylan came in, and he showed you why, you know, uh, you know what, what he can do. Um, I think he's he's slowly developing different parts of his game, um, and, you know, he's still got a long way to go. But, yeah, Stacey, maybe he's just, uh, you know, a little, little bit more of a quieter player, but certainly an important piece there for the Panthers. All right, guys, well, let, let's just quickly tip this one. Uh, who are we thinking in this blockbuster clash? Stacey, Panthers or the Rabbitohs? I'm going to take the Bunnies. I'm going to take the Bunnies. Okay, excellent. Bit, bit of a bit of an upset there, Alex. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bunnies on this one, and I think they're going to be kind of my underdog win um, for this week. Yeah, look, clean sweep. I, I actually see the upset coming as well, so I'm going to go with the Rabbitohs. I'm with you, Alex. I'm going to I'm going to lock this in as my underdog uh, of the week. I think what I. You know, considering we're all taking the bunnies on this, I just wanted to pose the question of what do the Panthers need to do to win? For me, I, I want to see more from Jerome Luai. I think, uh, you know, Nathan Cleary has come back. Uh, he was impressive. I thought the shoulder held up pretty well. Um, he, he's, uh, his timing, I, I thought that was thought that was really impressive. But I, I'd just like to see um, Jerome Luai take a little bit of pressure off off Nathan um, and get back to that sort of earlier early season form. Uh, the other thing, too, is I'd like to see a little bit more out of Kikau. You know, um, he should be the most dominant player on the football field, and I just don't think he's kind of been that for a little while. So, um, you know, it's a really big test uh, for, for the Panthers. They're going to have to be at their very best. Um, I think I think the Rabbitohs are going to give them a few opportunities to score points, but, um, yeah, the Rabbitohs are coming in in red-hot form. So, look, I, I smell a bit of an upset here. Well, let's uh, ju- let's have a look at our second feature game now uh, as the uh, Canberra Raiders take on the Manly Warringah Seagulls. Stacey, this is a little bit of an interesting one. Um, you know, the Canberra Raiders, they find themselves in ninth position at the moment on 20 competition points. They're on equal points with the Titans who are in eighth position, so they're desperately trying to fight their way into the top eight. And then they're coming up against a Manly Warringah Seagulls team that just put, through the, put the cleaners through the Parramatta Eels but obviously suffered... Um, a bit of a setback with Tommy Turbo ruled out with a bit of a cheekbone injury. What's your thoughts on this clash? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to, I think Manly's going to put him, like, put him to bed quite easily. Um, you know, Raiders have struggled in the last little bit, just to sort of get things happening and get things moving. And it's just felt frustrating to watch them at times. Um, and I think with Manly hitting their straps right about now, it's good timing for them to sort of try a couple of things. Um, you know, in 
placement of having Turbo out. Um, you know, if he doesn't play, then who who's going to sit, sit back there and who's going to excel with that opportunity? Um, plus, you know, Ruben Garrick had a had a amazing you know game this weekend as well. So, um, you know, don't sleep on him. Yeah, I think it's going to be quite interesting. You know, a lot of the times you look at. Um you look at it, you know, the, the, these two teams. So theoretically, you know, Manly should win this and win this comfortably. But um, that's just not the way rugby league works sometimes. You know, Canberra are going to be absolutely desperate. Uh, Charles Nickel Clockstar, you know, he could return for this game. I think Manly, they look very, very different without Tommy. I think the loss of Paseca, uh in the front row is also another big one for Manly. Uh, but Canberra, they've just been so inconsistent this year. So it's hard to say you know, which Canberra team um, is, is going to turn up. Alex, what's your thoughts on this one? You know, can a desperate Canberra Raiders side find a miracle win here or will Manly be too strong um, regardless of whether Tommy plays? I think Manly have just gone from strength to strength and and Canberra have just been so inconsistent as far as the season's gone on. As you said, you don't know what Canberra side you're going to get week in and week out. Um, and they haven't really kind of set a tone for their play style either. So I don't see um, Canberra winning this one. I see the Seagulls kind of taking it from the Raiders, but who knows? Maybe they'll give them five minutes of tough play and <laughs> and that might be about it. Stacey, when the season's on the line, and, and let, let's speak frankly, everyone, everyone is expecting Canberra to lose. How would you as a coach – manage this one if you were Ricky Stewart? Like, would you be, would this be a traditional um, gameplay, try and grind it out with Manly, or would you try and um, unshackle some of these players and, and, and just say, look, it, it, it's a bit of a free shot. No one thinks we're going to win this game. What would be your approach if you were coaching this game for, for Canberra? I'd say that it's probably like a perfect night for an ambush, you know. Like, so I love being the underdog. You know, most most coaches do because you've got a chip on your shoulder and you've got a point to prove. Um, so, you know, Ricky Stewart's probably sitting there going, look, this is where we get a chance to, you know, step up into the headlights a little bit, get our shit together and try and drive something home that's a little bit more successful. Um, and I think that, I mean, it's not like they're incapable of doing so. If they were incapable of doing so, we probably wouldn't even be having this conversation. Um, but... They need to be consistent and some of the players that, you know, have made the Raiders as successful as they were the last couple of seasons just haven't, they just haven't played as well this season. So I think it's, it, it's hard to say, you know, what, what team they're going to get. But if I was Ricky Stewart, I'd be like, you're going hell for leather because why the hell not? Alex, you know, one of, one of the most important positions on the field, arguably the most important position is halfback and, you know, one of the challenges with the Canberra Raiders is they find it quite difficult to recruit, you know, the, the top elite talent because, um, you know, Canberra is Canberra. Hello to all our Canberra uh, listeners out there. But, um, look, it, it, it's just the fact. So one of the things that that club has done is they've taken some chances, they've taken some risks, and they've gone out and they've signed some some players from the UK, and that, that's been really successful for them. You know, Josh Hodson, for example, has come in and um, and be, been, a, been a great player for them. But... They took a huge gamble on George Williams, bringing him in from the UK, and it just didn't work. You know, he, he's had to return back to the UK now. You know, what's your thoughts on being a halfback leaving halfway through the season? That 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 that's got to be difficult. 
that's always a gamble when you you kind of look to bring those international players in because even though they're we're still playing the same game in the UK and and here you know the style of play is very different the way the team structures is is still very different even though it's the same game um, so I think it's hard for sometimes players to come over and adjust to that um, and, and sometimes you know what what works back for them in their old club you know doesn't work here and I think that's when a player like that leaves who had a lot of potential kind of and maybe a lot of pressure to kind of come in and help this side um, to then leave halfway through and have someone kind of fill in that role it then takes a while to kind of figure it out from there and then you're kind of adjusting your play style you're adjusting the players that are in, that now have to adjust to a new player in this role so it becomes difficult to then keep that consistency because you're going to make errors as you're learning the, that role, I guess, and, and being the, the starter in that jersey. Stacey, a player that I wanted to highlight is Jack White. And now, Jack's a really interesting player. He's last year's Daily M winner, you know, the best player in the competition last year. He, he won the award. You know, there's a lot of controversy around that with people thinking that Nathan should have won that but Jack won the award and then this this season he he was um you know he's he's been in the, he's been in the, um he's been in a difficult situation there at Canberra but came into the state of origin series and started in the 5-8 position in that final state of origin game what's your thoughts on Jack White's season so far is it you know has he been playing well in your opinion or or do you think that there is room for improvement yeah, look, I think I feel sorry for Jack because his, you know, his 2020 season was breakout. You know, he had 13 tries that season and he was just electric to watch. Um, you know, it, I, I felt, I felt quite in love with him last season. And then I was really disappointed at how he's played this year. You know, he's only stood up for five tries so far. Um, but I think that he's a product of his environment. You know, he steps up, uh, you know, when he puts on that blues jersey. So I think he's just kind of that player. He's that player that will go to the next level for his team if the team is there to do the same for him. Um, so I feel like that inconsistency with the Raiders this year has sort of just played with his season a little bit and we just haven't gotten the kind of explosiveness and the creativity and just that, you know, that hard-hitting muscle-over-the-line kind of Jack Whiten that we're used to. Alex, it's really interesting. Uh, I, I think one of the things that Canberra probably got to look at for next season is, um, you know, going out and, and, and getting him some help in the halves, you know, going out. And, but one of the things I found really strange is that George Williams came out very early on in the season and told the club that he was leaving and he got a bit ugly, but he ended up leaving. There were a ton of experienced playmakers on the market. Canberra didn't, you know, I don't know whether they're in the market and they just missed out, but they haven't signed anyone for next year. So, to Stacey's point, you know, Jack has had it a little bit difficult this year. You know, what, what what's your opinion? Do, do the Raiders need to find a way to bring someone into the club to help him? Stacey said he needs players that are going to be able to do that with him. He can't be the only player to do that because if he does, he's going to get tired or he's going to get frustrated or he's going to get annoyed. He's going to get injured, right? So a multitude of things could happen if he's the only player that's stepping up to do that. Now, with him stepping up to do that, you might he might be able to lead other players with him, but – you know, there's been moments where I think he's tried to do it this season and he hasn't been able to. So I think it's going to be in Canberra's best interest to go out in kind of this offseason and look at these free agents and kind of go, okay, who out there is going to benefit him as far as next season goes? Who's going to be able to step up with him to kind of fill that hole? Because right now he's stepping up and there's nobody coming with him. Yeah, I, th- I think one of the one of the things with coaching is, 
you know, you have to find what, what what do your players do really, really well and build your build your structures, build your play, build your team in and around that. And what Jack does well is he plays the 5'8", that second playmaker role. He runs the ball well and takes advantage of opportunities. And to Stacey's point, even if there isn't an opportunity, he'll just run over the top of you. You know, he, he, he is a very physical type of player. If he has to move into that primary playmaker role, his kicking game has deteriorated quite a lot this year. He's kicked out on the field quite a, quite a large number of times. He needs to improve that anyway, but I just don't feel like that. That's probably the best move for him. So, yeah, Jack, he's had a he's had an interesting season. Um, it's really hard to it's really hard to assess, and I wonder what he would look like if he did go and join you know one one of the top uh, teams. You know how how would how would Jack White look if he was playing for a Melbourne Storm? Uh, it would be it'd be quite interesting. If we jump over now and have a look at the opposing uh, number six, Stacey Kieran Foran. This has got to be one of, I mean, almost a movie could be written around Kieran Foran. You know, he he came through as a young guy, young Kiwi, and he starred immediately for Manly. Um, he went on and played for his country. He was captain of his country. Um, but from there, he's, you know, he's, he's um, you know, he's played for quite a number of different teams. He's battled an unbelievable amount of injuries. I have to be honest, I thought his career was done, but yet somehow he's been able to come back to his to his first club and, and, he's, and he's playing great. To debut in 2009 and play almost 150 games before leaving and then have this tumultuous career, um, you know, over the years and then to return to kind of, I'm guessing, to finish out the rest of his career, um, for mainly to hit straps now and sort of head in that upward direction for him, I think is so good. And it just kind of makes you feel a little bit warm and fuzzy, you know, and I think you'll be happy to go out if Manly end up on top. Yeah, Alex, it's um, you know, it, it's one thing to recover from a major injury, and that, and that, that's really serious. But but Kieran, he he has recovered. You know, he's he's gone through multiple multiple injuries. Um, you know, I'm, I'm serious. I, I think he's going to have a really big impact in the game after he retires because he's going to be able to share his story. He's going to be ment- He's going to be able to mentor others to to show what it takes and and, and sort of the level of resilience that you, you need to kind of compete at the elite level. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think he's going to be, you know, when he does kind of finish up playing or even in his last couple of years of playing, you know, he's a very experienced player. He's very knowledgeable as far as the game goes. And, you know, he's one of those veteran players where, you know, as a youngster, when you get an injury, it can be so mental. It can be so – it can either be super detrimental to your game or you can see it as a way to kind of learn and learn and get better. And I think having – someone like that around any kind of program or young program where it's, you know, where he can be that kind of mentor and guide to these players, these younger players to kind of help them, you know, through whatever they're going through, you know, whether it's off the field stuff, on the field stuff, just mentally to be able to have a player like him around would be huge to, to, to younger stars in any kind of program. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, time to tip this one. Um, Stacey, I think you, uh, I think you mentioned this a little bit earlier. Tough to see anything but a, a manly win here. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Alex, yep, manly win for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I've got to go with manly as well. Look, I, I think I think Canberra. You know, if you know that they've just got to throw caution to the wind and and just um, you know get get quite expansive. You're not going to win this game twelve ten. You're going to have to score a lot of points. So you know, hopefully Ricky can uh, get the boys up for this one and uh, we we get a bit of a tight contest. But yeah, really difficult coming up against the uh, the manly side. 
And to round out the show, it's time for Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and to finish out the show, we're going to complete the rest of the round with our tips, um, including our underdog tips of the week. Myself and Alex have already put ours in with, uh, yeah, the Rabbitohs to defeat uh, Penrith. All right, guys, let's start with uh, the first game. So we've got the Gold Coast Titans taking on the Melbourne Storm. Does anyone see anything but a Melbourne victory here? No, yeah. not at all. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Melbourne win this one comfortably. And, you know, you don't want to say this. You don't disrespect the opposition because the Gold Coast do have some quality players. But you may want to look at maybe resting a couple of players even Um so, yep, everyone's going Melbourne there. Uh, moving on now to the West Tigers, uh, the famous West Tigers team, uh, for those that have been following along with uh, the documentary, uh, seeing behind the scenes uh, there at the club. They, they're taking on the Cronulla Sharks, who had a disappointing loss against the Newcastle Knights in the, in the last round. Um, Stacey, start with you. Who are you tipping in this one? I'm tipping the Tigers for this one. They're on a little bit of a upwards trajectory and the Sharks a little bit on a downwards trajectory. So, you know... Take 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 the the orange and black for sure, Alex. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Tigers on this one. As Stacey said, the Sharks kind of you know they're on a downward trajectory, and the Tigers seem to be kind of you know finding their foot in a bit in the last couple of weeks. So definitely the Tigers. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Tigers as well. Just you know, I, I think the the, the Sharks there. The young halves, Connor Tracy, Brennan Trindle, I think they're playing well, but it is really difficult to, to win these clutch games, you know, when you've got these younger halves. These are just the growing pains you've sort of got to go through. Um, and, yeah, everyone's getting a little bit of a soft spot for the Tigers after watching the documentary. Everyone wants to see um, them sort of turn things around. Adam Dewey, he is, he is a great player. Um, great to see that he's, uh, he's doing good things. All right, guys, let's move forward now to the next game. Again, I say this most weeks, but, you know, the greatest rugby league team in history, the Newcastle Knights, will be taking on a team that has struggled a little bit. They've had quite a difficult season, the Canary Bulldogs. Stacey, who are you picking in this one? Mm, I think this this is going to be a hard one, I reckon, but I think I'm going to go with the Knights. Alex? Um, yeah, again, I'm with Stacey. I think this is going to be a very interesting game on this one. Um just to be a little bit different, because I think we've been agreeing in the last couple, I think the Bulldogs might edge out, maybe, just, just. I think this is going to be a game for the rugby league purists. I think this is going to be an ugly game of football. Um, you know, this 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 thing is, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. This, I think, will be a, this will be a watch it after a couple of beers kind of game. I, I, <laughs> I think so. I think so. Look, the Knights, I, I, I've yeah, obviously got to go with my guys, but they've got to sort out their edge defense. You know, it just seems like... The boys in the outside backs are really letting down the middle. So, um, yeah, hopefully this is a really good test. Adam really lays down the law. Um, I want to see a zero score. I want the Knights to really focus on defense this week. I don't care how many points they score. They've got to really come out and, and sort out their defense this week if they're going to be any chance when we come towards the finals. All right, guys, let's have a look at another really interesting game. Stacy Parramatta Eels taking on the North Queensland Cowboys. What are you thinking in this one? I think the Eels are just heading down a path they really don't want to go down, and I don't think they can bring themselves out. So I'm really hoping that the Cowboys see this and feel this and and strike. So I'm going to take the Cowboys. Alex, Trust me. Is this the week that you just take the team down to the pub? Like to Stacey's point, they are they. Are, they're not losing momentum. They have lost it. Like they, You can see that this is a team that really lacks confidence at the moment. And after a remarkable start to the season, it's quite disappointing. This is uh, 
uh, difficult times for the Parramatta Eels. Oh, isn't it just? I mean, even when, you know, Brad Arthur is sitting at a press conference going, even I don't know what's going on. Like, buddy, <laughs> you're, you're the head coach. That's not, that's not, your players aren't going to be confident in that. Lord knows your program isn't going to be confident in that. So I, I don't know whether he just felt at a loss for words. And, you know, as a coach, I've been there. You kind of go, well, yeah, I don't really know what's going on there. Um, and sometimes that is all you can say. So, uh, you know what? I don't see the Eels taking this one. I think they're just going down a, a very, very steep slope and they can't just seem to stop. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with the Cowboys on this one. Yeah, look, for me, I, I'm going to go Parramatta. But, you know, they, they need to take my advice. Cowboys, they, they haven't been playing too well. I would just, yeah, get all the boys down. Oh, yeah, it's, it's lockdown. They just need a drink. They need to get together. They need to bond. Uh, forget preparing for this game. They just need to, uh, yeah, uh, have some honest conversations in the dressing room over a few beers and try and sort this one out. Hopefully they can turn things around uh, for all the Parramatta fans out there. All right, guys, Stacey, uh, this is going to be an interesting one. It's a battle of, yeah, Stacey v. Alex, Dragons v. Roosters, uh, I guess I know where you guys are going with this one, but talk to us a little bit about it. Stacey, you're feeling confident as you're taking on Alex's Roosters team? It, it kind of sucks because, like, you know, it's one of those games that we go to watch every single year. Um, you know, it's always a good game to watch and, you know, we always have too many beers and, you know, just heckle the Roosters. And I'm going to miss doing that in lockdown, but I'm really I'm not looking forward to the game um, even though the Roosters have the, so many injuries, they still keep winning and we have none and we keep losing. So, yeah, no, kind of sucks. It's going to be interesting. Uh, Alex, yeah, to, to Stacey's point, obviously losing Ben Hunt, their halfback, that was that was huge for those guys. And, uh, yeah, they do seem to be struggling a little bit. Uh, you've, you've got a pretty big smirk on your face there. You're feeling pretty confident about this one? Yeah, I'm confident about this one. You know, the, I mean, the Roosters... <sighs> They love to play well and they love to play kind of shocking um, footy and they kind of showed that last week. So, you know, I will stick with my boys. But, uh, yeah, I'm going with the Roosters on this one. Um, Sorry, Stace. Um, I'm sure this is a game that we would have happily gone out and watched together. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I've uh, I've got to go team Alex on this one, although – um, like I've said for a few weeks, I'm, I'm really um, I'm, I'm really enjoying watching some of these Dragons juniors because whilst, you know, the wheels are slowly falling off this team for this year, um, you know, it, you can be quite optimistic about some of the talent that's coming through. And the same for the Roosters, you know. A lot of these kids that are coming in and doing great jobs, they're going to struggle to fit into the 17 because there are so many players that have been injured this year. So, um, no, it'll be, it'll be a great game to watch. I think looking like... With the, I mean, knowing that there's no no chance for finals, none whatsoever. I think giving these young guns as much time as needed on the field is only a good thing for next year. So, go for it, go kids, go get them. And uh, to round out the round, uh, let's have a look at this one where we got the Brisbane Broncos taking on the New Zealand Warriors. Um, Stacey, thoughts on this one? I'm going to take Warriors on this one. They they lost RTS, you know, haven't waved the white flag yet, which I really love, and they so easily could, um, you know, but they just they keep ticking along. So I'm hoping that they get up this one, and you know, it would be a good good way to kind of finish the rest of the season. Alex, I think I might have to go with the Warriors on this one because I think I've you know gone against them a couple of times and they've proved me wrong. So you know, this week I'll I'll, I'll back them this weekend and see. If- <laughs> Oh, now you've jinxed it. <laughs> there you go, right? Yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I, I, I've sort of – this has been a 50-50 game for me and I've changed my mind uh, quite a few times. 
Look, I'm, I'm going to go... I've got to go with the Warriors. Uh, to, to Alex's point, I, I've been tipping against them for a little while now, and they keep winning. So, um, yeah, I've got to jump on their bandwagon late. But, um, yeah, anytime you've got a guy like Reese Walsh in your team, I think you're a really good chance. And uh, let's just say that he is going to be really committed to going out and putting on a strong performance to, uh, yeah, show his old club uh, what they missed out on. All right, guys. Well, that's all the time we have uh, today. I just wanted to thank my panel uh, for another great uh, episode and to our listeners we really hope you enjoyed the show uh, if you did please uh, download subscribe go out and tell your friends your family about our podcast we really appreciate it and also uh, jump onto our social media platforms uh, and yeah like comment send us feedback we really really appreciate it until next week we'll see you then we won't to break down the garden gate there's not much time left today You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.